Welcome to Business Leader Breakthroughs, where we help unlock the potential in you, your teams, and your business. I'm your host, Ryan Castle, along with Dr. Mike Ashby. We share insights, experiences, and stories on achieving breakthrough success in business and life. To learn more, click the link in the episode show notes or go to thebreakthrough.co. Now let the breakthroughs begin. Mike, on the podcast today, I think we should talk about unicorns. I love unicorns. You love unicorns? I love pink unicorns pink in unicorns. particular. Mm-hmm. Do you have a stable full of them at home? Uh, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. So we sometimes, in Asana, our kind of project management thing, we get those flying unicorns. Don't we love that? So good. Lots of things ticked, lots of things done. So good. Little unicorns with stars. Productivity mm-hmm. unicorn. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're a pretty mm-hmm. special experience. The unicorns that I really want to talk about today are the unicorns that I discuss with some of the senior HR leaders that we work with. Mm-hmm. And they find a lot of execs from their team rock up to their desk and go, could I please have some operational leader unicorns? Here's the thing. What often the other execs are looking for are those people that have come through very functional roles. They've maybe had a technical role, they've been in a functional part in the organisation. And whether it be through duration, through showing some impetus and some enthusiasm for the role, they end up getting promoted into a people leader role. Yeah. They might be a team leader, they might be a supervisor, they yeah. might work their way towards a department head. And the unicorn piece is what they're ordering mm. is someone that's had lots of training and development in a mm-hmm. functional area. Mm-hmm. And then they'd like to magic them into a great mm. people leader. Mm. I think the unicorn bit, actually I was just thinking, I saw something by Steve Jobs who was talking about the, the Apple culture. And they took the view that they would rather bring a technical expert into management rather than bring a manager in to oversee a technical area. They figured it was easier to train a technical expert in management than it was to teach a manager their technical expertise. So there's a kind of logic, but it does rely on something, which is teaching a technical person to manage. Yeah, yeah. and most organisations we've talked to take two approaches to that Mm -hmm. uh, developing the unicorn, Mm -hmm. neither of which work very well. Mm. Probably the most common one is doing nothing. It's a goodie. Promote people, you know, you've been really great at your functional job, I'm sure you'll be a great manager, I might give you a couple of quick tips in your first induction meeting about being a manager, but then after that, go to it. It's not even that important really, (laughs) is it? Managing people, is it? And for lots of people that are already in more senior management roles, they themselves may not have had a lot of training and development. So they've kind of been winging it for their career, and they just assume that the next person in the chain can also start winging it. The second most common approach would be to send people to a one or two day course and how to be a good leader, how to be a good manager. What's our experience of one or two day courses in terms of shaping someone's ability? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. People might gain some insight from it, but typically there's no lasting change. And it's due to things like the Ebbinghaus effect, you know, which is how quickly our memory decays. It's also due to the fact that, you know, the manager sends the person off, they come back and they go, oh, it's really good, we're going to do this, uh, you know, this particular matrix and da-da-da, and the, and the manager's going, oh, say wow. Or they've done a personality typology like, I can throw around a whole lot of acronyms because it's likely to be one of these. LMI, LSI, DISC, M&B, you know, all mm-hmm. of those sorts of things. Great if everybody's done them. But if you're the only one who's done the personality inventory and you're talking, you're talking about being a blue duck, 
And people are going, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> There's not a lot of point to it. There's not a lot of value. You know, getting that consistency is a critical part and that continuity. But it doesn't happen with that kind of episodic training. Definitely not. The HR leaders tell me that the challenges that a lot of their exec teams and other people in the organisation are facing is they feel like they're getting squeezed from above and below. Mm. So the squeezing from above is often the CEO mm. going, hey, how are we going on our KPIs? Are we going to hit target? Have we got sales sorted? Have we mm. got production sorted? Have we got you know that project completed? Whatever it might be. And they're getting squeezed from below where they're often getting dragged in to deal with people elements of yeah. those in their team that they really expected their people leaders that report to them would be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. So they're running around, I know I'm not a great one to say pulling your hair out because <laughs> it would have seemed like I've, I've well and truly yeah, passed have. that phase. No. But you know that's where these other people in the organisation, because yeah. their people leaders have not been developed to the level that they need to, to just do a great job in their role. Even a good job. A good job would be yeah. a good start. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, they're getting squeezed by the missing targets, strategic mm. initiatives are not getting executed, feel like they're firefighting all day yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. there's a culture of frustration. We were talking about culture the other day, and Britta reminded us about Peter Drucker's comment, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Culture is so critical, which is down to the quality of management. And in the absence of being trained, these people are really just not doing it or doing it badly, and it just all gets left behind. And they're probably muddling through, yes. that's the thing. But you'll never know how much better it could have been. You'll never know how much value you're leaving on the table through poor management. And look, it's just not their fault, is the point. It's the people who are not investing in their managers. That's where the problem really sits. Absolutely. So in your organisation, if you are either measuring and knowing that you've got some challenges or you just have the sense, because often that is the thing around engagement or culture, you mm. don't always have to be measuring it with a specific tool. You have a really good sense of it. We were talking about that experience when you work, walk into an organisation and you, you just know whether it's got good culture or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's been no survey. It's the vibe. It's the, it's vibe. the vibe of the, the thing. Vibe. It's the vibe of the thing. It's the castle, the great uh, movie <laughs> Say yeah, it's the vibe. So if you feel like you've got people that are you know, disengaged, mm. not performing to the level that they could be, you might be experiencing high levels of churn in, mm. the, in staff churn in the, in the business, uh, not getting priorities and projects nailed on time, there's a very strong chance that your leadership at the operational level mm. needs some time and attention. Because we don't tend to experience things like culture and engagement with the CEO. No. If we're in an organisation, you know, let's say a thousand person organisation, how often do your frontline leaders, how much time do they spend with the CEO? Not very a lot. Little, yeah. Very little. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, exec teams can do a great job of setting the, the temperature and the framework and, and those kind of things, but you actually experience culture and engagement with the team that you work with every single day. Yeah. On the floor. On the yep. floor. Yep. And it would come as a surprise to no one that the number one reason that people leave a job is because of their manager. Yeah, yeah. It's not pay, it's not conditions, it's not opportunities for growth. The number one reason Just is satisfaction. Around, yep. around, their, around their manager. So yep. investment in training your people mm. really can pay mm. dividends. Mike, we started part of this podcast saying 
doing nothing certainly not an option. Yep. And we didn't feel like the one or two day workshop is a solution. Nope. Um, what would be in, important elements of how we go about developing these people? Well, what we've learned is that there has to be a regular cadence to learning. So there's lots of places that have got libraries of content. You can buy learning management systems that have got stacks of content. It's like, oh, wow, look at all these magical tools. And they'll get used for a while. I was talking to an HR manager the other day. She said, yeah, you know, the first couple of years, there was really high uptake. People were taking the courses and then it's just dropped right off and now actually nobody's using it. It's dead. And that's because there's no structure. So there's no design to it. It's, it's just left ad hoc as people feel like it. So the way we see the best learning happening is that there is a program. There is an agreed curriculum that's based on managers' insights, leaders' insights into what the people leaders need in an organisational sense. And there's a regular cadence to that learning. In our sense, most often it's, it's monthly. Mm -hmm. And that provides time for their leaders to be involved because that's one of the biggest problems we have is that senior leaders don't get involved in the coaching to support the learning that they are working with their peers because there's an enormous amount to be learned from their peers and to contribute to their peers. That's where the customization happens. What does learning look like? It looks like grappling with an issue and making it apply to your situation, not being given it on a, on a silver plate, not in such terms as to say, oh yeah, got it. You actually have to kind of grapple with how does this apply? And that struggle is where we learn. So start with the fundamentals of management and then kind of build out. We've obviously got to crawl before we can walk and before we can run. So getting those fundamentals in place, because very often people try to apply te more technical or more commercial training on top of people who aren't doing the basics of managing themselves, managing others and managing their teams. They're the, they're the three kind of fundamental pieces that need to be there. Absolutely huge. And then the other bit that's really important is Learning for your organisation has got to have some customisation. Yeah. And I talk about customisation in the sense that it's got to be very applicable to your business. So the stories you're relating yeah. to have to be yeah, uh, exactly. relevant to you. The uh, connection with strategic initiatives that the business has underway, that's got to be threaded through the, yeah. through the learning as well. Yeah. Just taking simply a off-the-shelf online learning module and expecting that it's going to change and relate and embed learning in your organisation, it's not... It, I've just seen it too many times yeah. that it doesn't work. Quick recap, investment in that operational leader level can pay huge dividends. Don't go with the don't do anything mm -hmm. and don't feel like a one or two day workshop is really mm -hmm. going to solve the, the challenge. Make sure some of those critical elements are, are built in. Regular cadences, yeah. leaders involved, some element of customization, peer learning. These are the things that uh, we know really make a difference. And if you're not quite sure where to start on this, please go to our website, thebreakthrough.co forward slash resources. We have a whole bunch of tools, quizzes, mm. eBooks that can help you get started with understanding that and how you might apply it to your organization. Yeah, I think particularly as people leaders, we're looking for a system that, as I've reflected on the feedback we've had from people using our programs, is the value of something that is consistent across the organization, that's continuous because learning has to be continuous, and that provides connection connection between and among people and between people and the organisation and the leadership. So continuous, consistent and connected. Mm. And maybe a final thought from me is don't 
expect that a learning management system is going yeah. to be the answer to your prayers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The number of organisations we have spoken to that have invested really good money in a learning management system, and it's literally sitting in the corner, the corner of the cloud maybe, mm-hmm. but literally sitting yeah. in the corner gathering dust yeah. because it's just a it's just a tool for delivery. Yeah. If you don't understand how to use it and what the important components are, it will be a waste of your, and your the, money. And it's the process and structure around it. It's always the process and structure, the content, the tool is the smallest part of it. It's the process and the structure. Yep. Don't get me wrong, LMSs play a very critical right. part yep. if they are utilised well, but they are not the sole answer of what's happening. Absolutely. So thanks for joining us today. Get out there, start building your unicorn factory. <laughs> and as I said, jump onto our resources page, thebreakthrough.co forward slash resources. Yep. You'll find lots of free tools and tips, etc., that you can use in there to Great get value. started yep. on your journey. Thanks yep. for joining us. Bye-bye. See you later.